Hello, I'm Rachel Moore, President and CEO of the Music Center. As Los Angeles' premier performing arts destination, the Music Center presents some of the world's greatest performances and provides the platform for the most innovative and creative artistic minds who set the standard for excellence. On Offstage and Unbound, I have the pleasure of speaking with many of these artistic visionaries where we delve into their processes, explore what inspires them, and discuss the state of the arts in Los Angeles and the world. Hello. Thank you for joining us for our podcast series, Offstage and Unbound. In this episode, we will speak with Boris Aithman, renowned choreographer and founder of the Aithman Ballet of St. Petersburg. As artistic director of Aithman Ballet of St. Petersburg, Boris combines cutting-edge techniques in the world of ballet with his formal education in classical Russian choreography. He was acknowledged by the New York Times as today's, quote, most successful Russian choreographer, end quote. Boris creates ballets that use self-expression to tell the story with movement that conveys emotions and ideas. Most of Boris's ballets have a plot and often a literary source, two hallmarks of his work. He is known for turning to the works of great writers and geniuses for inspiration and translating these works into the language of ballet. Boris was born in Siberia and studied choreography at the Leningrad Conservatory. The Music Center gratefully acknowledges Eugene Levin, publisher of Panorama, for his incredible interpreting services. Welcome, Boris, to Offstage and Unbound, and thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you and your company are here in Los Angeles. Thank you very much. I thought it would be nice to start with your background. You were born in Siberia. Were your parents interested in dance or music? Uh, my parents were so far from dance or from music, and especially since my father was military engineer, and just before the Second World War started, he was sent to Siberia to build military plants. And uh, uh, after the war ended, I was born in Siberia, Taiga. Ah, so you went to the Leningrad Conservatory. Is it still called that? It is. And this is, for um, our listeners, an incredibly famous school with uh, remarkably talented big names in the arts, Rimsky-Korsakov, Shostakovich, Prokofiev, and Tchaikovsky. And then you went to the Vaganova Institute to become a choreographer, or did you go to train? Uh, I was learning ballet uh, in a school, and it was a real provincial city, a small city of Kishinev. But uh, when I was a student in the ballet school, I started creating choreography by myself. Uh, when I was just 13 years old, I created my first choreography composer. Uh, and it was for me, it's a really opening and happiness that at this stage, these early years, I, uh, when I started creating all this choreography, it created the way of my further life. Oh, beautiful. You approach your choreography more through an emotional base. It's more about the, the emotional connection. Was that always the case, or did you start more with form and then move into an emotional approach? 
all my life I, uh, and it's happened, emotion moved me through the choreography, but they were covered by the uh, contemporary forms. Uh, emotion, it's a quite natural expression of every person. And as you know, uh, our emotion, it, we have some expression with the movement of our body. But only choreograph can use the forms that all this emotion would be understandable for millions of people who watch uh, this performance. Uh, maybe it sounds like a top secret, but uh, how this emotion that choreograph use, it goes from the scene to the audience and everybody feels all of this. I've always felt, since I was a dancer, that sometimes movement, the emotions, you can express emotions through movement that you can't through language, that there's some things that are just, we don't have the words for, and that it has to come from the body. I completely agree with you. Uh, and because the words, it's a secondary of our expression of feelings. Words, it's just, it's rational, uh, it's a secondary, it's a rational expression of our emotions and of our thoughts. First of all, it's our emotions and definitely movement which express these emotions. Unborn child, in his being in his mother, moved. Why? What forced him to move? Just emotions. I've always felt that movement is our first language. <laughs> you're, you're right. Uh, in Bible it says the first it was word, but I consider the first was movement. Uh, this movement, it's express our uh, emotions. You um, have done a lot of work that's based on literature. Do you start with the music or do you start with the story? Uh, you know, sometimes uh, I was, uh, they praised me and sometimes they said bad words because I was too close to literature. But you understand it was not me who created this link between ballet and literature. And this uh, link, this connection, it's more than 300 years. Uh, during the novel time, you understand, yet during novel time they created ballet based on Shakespeare or Goethe. And I just continued this great tradition but this is my nature it's not something pragmatically that i created it's my nature but when i was really young i was 15 years old and i was already choreographed i had my old campaign my old definitely it was not professionals but it gave me chance to create choreography even there this time i created my small ballet my little ballet using some literature or some cinematography because uh, movement, the form was very important for me, but it was uh, uh, equally important what this form expresses. Why actors uh, on a scene, what they create, why the audience will react this way. But one really important thing, it's not just the literature, but uh, dramaturgy of this. Storytelling is core to our humanity. But not uh, only uh, famous stories, but the story of the people's spirit, of the people's soul, the story of the relationship or relations between men and women. This is another story. For me, it's really important to know their internal uh, relations, their internal story, and what will move the artist on the scene. So you started your own company. What made you make that leap? from leaving the Vaganova Institute to making your company? I started my own company in 1977. This year it would be 40 years of my company. Very good. Woo! 
And when I started my campaign, it was totalitarian regime in the Soviet Union. At uh, that time, it was a rule. All choreographers should do the same that Bolshoi Theater did. They, sh they had to follow Bolshoi Theater. But I, all my life, what I wanted to be completely independent artist, to express my own feelings. And in 1977, I created specifically this campaign to express, independently express my own feelings. But it was quite naive. Uh, but because it was totalitarian regime and the system, they control uh, Boris arts closely, thoroughly. And before any ballet that I created, before the audience could see it, it has gone through the ranks of censorship. And it was a special commission. It's Ministry of Culture, uh, Ministerstvo Kultury. It was a special commission, and Boris had to show his ballet three or four times, the same ballet that this commission approved, and the audience could see it. And uh, functionaries, bureaucrats from party, from Minister of Culture, they taught Boris how he should do the ballet. They told him what should be done in this particular ballet. They told it's not choreography, it's pornography. They taught Boris how a uh, uh, man should come to the woman from what side and what has it, it was, it was, uh, you mean, this this commission, yeah, this commission, this process of censorship, it was like a completely separate performance. And in order that uh, ballet that created by Boris uh, goes through all these channels and uh, audience could see it, he had to be a big diplomat. You have to change it. Sure, I, I will do it. I, I will change it. I didn't change anything. <laughs> but but sure, I, I did it as you as you order. I did it. And when they saw it, and he didn't change anything, they thought, yes, now it's a completely different story. And after this, after this, not changing anything, he can show it to the audience. But sometimes I was on a break, you know, because uh, I took some pills. It was really hard for me me to go through all this process. Uh, maybe I'll just explain. In order to go abroad, he had to have a special passport, and he they didn't give him permission to go abroad. His campaign, all his uh, guys, they went abroad, and he stayed in the Soviet Union. And when his uh, actors, when his campaign asked Boris, what should we say? Where is uh, Eifman? Uh, just please tell uh, that he's sick now. But because it was quite often, and, and people abroad, they told, oh gosh, he's so sick, and how can he work? <laughs> Why I'm telling all this story? Just to show you, to explain what I go through in order to be in the independent uh, uh, artist uh, during this totalitarian regime, during this system. Uh, but meanwhile, these 10 years from uh, 1977 till uh, beginning of Perestroika in 1988 was not in vain. I created very interesting performance. We had a great success, especially through the young population. He did ballet uh, uh, using Pink Floyd music, Orchestra of Mahamishna, because this music was practically forbidden in the uh, Soviet Union. But I did, not just because I want to create some scandal or revolution, but because I like this music, I loved it. And it was kind of 
provocation. But when I listen to this music, I create all this ballet. And, you know, my principle, I do what I love, and it was all my life. And now, definitely, the situation is completely different. Today, I have a chance to be uh, independent, and even uh, government supports me. I can create my ballet in Petersburg and show it to the whole world. And I'm really happy that uh, my ballet is so successful and uh, there is need in them. And I'm really happy that during the last 18 years, this is my 14 visits to the United oh, States, and especially because I'm in Los Angeles. And literally in, in several days, I will demonstrate, I will show my ballet Tchaikovsky to Los Angeles yeah. audience. Yeah. I'll show you in your great theater, and especially because your audience is so emotional. It's so great here. Are your dancers all Russian? Do they come from Russia or international? Uh, mainly uh, they are Russians, but we all. If somebody wants to work with us, it's no problem. I have uh, uh, the guy from United States, and he's very successful, and he worked with us. Uh, we open for any uh, actors, for anybody who wants to work with us. Uh, but uh, mainly not because we have, uh, why I'm working with Russians, not because we have the same language, verbal, but we try to uh, show the Russian culture and we demonstrate what does it mean Russian soul today through the uh, movement. And definitely to do it, it's more natural for the Russian uh, artists. Do you need to train them when they come? Do they tra get trained in acting? Um, is that something they already have? Definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, professionals came to me when they have diplomas already, but uh, they were taught in the best Russian ballet school, but they couldn't do anything. And that's why just a year or year and a half, I have to, to teach them everything. Uh, and they have to find out to know what they have perform, how they perform to be in our theater. Uh, in spite of the fact that our theater is just a continuation of tradition of a Russian ballet, but we have our own style, which is completely different from other campaigns. And, and uh, this style should be filled by uh, those who came. And not everybody who join us could be our uh, actor. Uh, because our women, ballerina, they usually they have 170 centimeters. It's a 72, which approximately it's a minimum. And minimum for the boys, it's 185 centimeters. So they're really tall. So everybody is tall, but you will see it. But it's not the main thing. They should be young and beautiful and very professional. But the main thing, in spite of all these factors that I mentioned before, they have to have the ability through the body movement to express their uh, soul. So turning to Tchaikovsky, what drew you to him? What about his story did you want to express? I will tell you that Tchaikovsky, my, uh, my, uh, my number one composer. I remember when I was just five years old, uh, and it was my first visit to the theater. I was sitting on the top balcony, and I was seeing Swan Lake. And when I could listen uh, finale of the Act Three, it's it's really something with orchestra. Yes, loud. Yeah. I started crying. It was emotional, and I keep it for the whole my life. These memories. And Tchaikovsky was next to me all my life. I uh, I created six ballet uh, using Tchaikovsky music, but it was not uh, music from ballet or Tchaikovsky. It was just a symphony music of Tchaikovsky. And one of my ideas was I couldn't understand why this composer, who was really wealthy guy, who was so popular in the whole world, 
who was praised by everybody why he wrote so tragedy music and this ballet Tchaikovsky Pro Encontre. This ballet is my attempt to understand and to show why he created his music using this tragedy. It's not biography. It's my attempt to penetrate into the internal world of the artist and understand the tragedy of his life, which created this music. When I think of Tchaikovsky, Shostakovich, Prokofiev, there is a sadness in all that music. And I think that we think of ballet as happy music, but they're really at root, very sorrowful. It's not just because they wrote this music. It's not just they decided, okay, let's do the tragedy music. Uh, because composer is a real artist, he expressed himself through the music. And every artist, especially Russian artist, has this feeling of tragedy inside of themselves. One of the controversies around him was his uh, sexual orientation. Has that been problematic being in Russia, given the political situation and how homosexuals are regarded? Uh, yes and no. At the same time, it was many homosexuals, guys, many gays who live quietly and independently, and they didn't feel any problems. Uh, it was no harassment, it was nothing like this. The tragedy of Tchaikovsky, it's not the external world, it's internal world. He was a very religious guy. For the orthodox religion, homosexuality is the same. From one side, he his move was to the God, but his body moves, his nature was moving to Satan, between paradise and hell. And it was his nature, it was his life. Because in his letter, and Boris uh, read all his letters, I would like to be as everybody, I want to be as a normal person. I would like to have a fa family, I would like to have children. And he got married, but he couldn't be as, a, as others, because his nature was different. And uh, that's fight with his nature. And it was a tragedy of Tchaikovsky. It's like a double personality, you know. It's like two Tchaikovsky. One Tchaikovsky, who was a great composer, who created uh, greater music, and another Tchaikovsky, being in New York when he was there during the opening of Carnegie Hall, he touched men and he took them to his uh, suit to the hotel. And this is split personality. It's it's a split personality, not just of Tchaikovsky as a great uh, artist. Uh, there are artists, let's say Nureyev. Uh, by his nature, he was really close to Tchaikovsky. I'm talking about sexuality. But he it, he didn't suffer. He was completely independent. He had a great life. He had no God uh, watching him. And Tchaikovsky had God watching him from the top and inside of him. And this is what differs him from other homosexuals, other guys who live uh, at the same time. Nobody uh, incriminate him something uh, when he was buried and he told, there are many homosexuals, many guys, but Tchaikovsky was one and only. He had a great security. He, had a, he was safe and sound. He didn't have some social problems, but it was internal problem. And it's impossible to have any, anything if it's inside of you. Yeah, no peace, no. right? No peace. no peace. Never. So you originally choreographed this ballet in the 90s? 93. Um, have you adapted it, changed it since then? Uh, in 1993, it was a premiere of Tchaikovsky Ballet, and uh, it was a demonstration, it was a rally, and people had a science uh, 
take out your hands from our genius. Don't touch Tchaikovsky. It was many calls uh, on the phone. If you do it, uh, this premiere, you will have a great problem. And it was 1993. I never had it before, this experience. Uh, it was never uh, like this, uh, we're talking about Tchaikovsky. I couldn't say that I was scared. Yes, I was. <laughs> But I did it. I, I it was no problem. It was a great success. Uh, I demonstrated this performance in uh, United States, uh, in Asia, in Europe, everywhere. But it's quite interesting period of my life. The thing is, government, state, has to build palace of dance for me. It's a big theater, and it, it, it's a big palace, and my theater would be part of this uh, palace. And you know, I had some uh, a place, some ballet that disappeared from my repertoire, and I started to recreate them again and again. But when I uh, watched video of these performances, uh, I realized that I couldn't just restore it. It should be done something different. I have to do the new version, and I have to create the new performance, new ballet, which would be compared to the 21st century. And using the technology and professionalism of my theater, I did it with uh, five uh, ballets. It was just five ballets, five performances, but frankly, with the same name, but it was the absolutely new ballet. <laughs> it was something crazy about me. It's definitely to do create five absolutely new ballets, but I love them so much, and I would like that they will be back to my repertoire, but in a new form. You will see this uh, performance, Tchaikovsky Pro and Contra, but it's close to the, what you saw before. The concept would be the same. Scenography, lighting, dramaturgy, would be, everything would be new. And choreography would be approximately 90% new. So you will see the new. Would you show it in New York and it was a great success there. And I really, uh, really hope that in Los Angeles uh, uh, your audience will feel the same way and will enjoy it, especially because you have a great scene. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> this is wonderful. So if there's one thing you want the audience to take home with them at the end of the show, what is it? <laughs> it's difficult to say just one thing. There is very famous poet, uh, uh, Anna Ahmad. She was very famous, and she has such a phrase. Uh, if you know what the garbage, you should have it to create some poem. It could be synonym for many biographies of uh, artists. Uh, the thing is, the sense of this is that during his life, artist had some problem. He suffered. Uh, he enjoyed life. He didn't enjoy it. And after he passed away, there is something that the whole world can use it and enjoy it. And, and this is really create uh, something great for the whole humanity. Wonderful. Well, we're incredibly excited to see the shows and to have you here. We're so delighted. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. And um, we will see you at the theater. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to talk with you.